I'm Amon. I'm Verde. I'm JG. And, and we, we are, are the Neighborhood Kids. And you're listening to a Step Off Magazine production. Mic drop. Welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. Yo, what's up, internets? Glad to be back up on the airwaves. Hope you all are doing well. We got a wonderful show with y'all today. We have some incredible guests. You know, we're going to dive right into it. So, internets, it can be argued that with every passing year, groups and duos within hip-hop are increasingly becoming less common within the genre. As more artists and producers opt for more solo careers or one-off collaborations, the sight of the quintessential hip-hop crew is now sadly a rare sight. Challenging this notion, however, are the Neighborhood Kids, a newly assembled crew of MCs, producers, DJs, and live musicians who have not only challenged the status quo through their music, but also blending genres and pushing the boundaries of conventional hip-hop. After years of collaborating and working adjacent with one another in San Diego's underground hip-hop scene, this one-of-a-kind crew has quickly made a name for themselves as one of San Diego's busiest and most promising up-and-coming group in the region's underground hip-hop scene. Internets. In our latest installment of Step Off Radio, group members Amon the MC, Verde, and DJ JG came on the show to talk about their experiences as MCs, producers, DJs, and to reflect on their general experiences as independent hip-hop artists in San Diego's underground hip-hop community. In this interview, you'll be able to hear, and now on our brand new YouTube channel, watch our conversation diving into the members' early years, their influences, their journey into hip-hop, and what eventually led them to founding the Neighborhood Kids and their quest to be innovators and envelope pushers in the local scene. Likewise, we discuss what it means to the group to be socially conscious artists, the power to teach and make change through music, discuss upcoming projects, and what the future holds for their music. So with that said, Internets, we are proud to present to you our conversation with Amon Verde and DJ JG of the Neighborhood Kids. All right, internets, welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. I am joined here once again by my co-host, Jose Cortez. Say what's up. What up? We got a very special show for y'all today because not only is it one of our inaugural episodes, it's our first episode on video. So today, joining us for this very first video podcast, we have the one and only Neighborhood Kids. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah. Yeah. The kids. Yo, man. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. 
No doubt, man. So, you know, for, for all the listeners out there who may not be familiar with your work, please introduce yourselves individually to our listeners and let them know who you are and what is it that you guys do. So together, we're the Neighborhood Kids. I'm Amon DMC. I'm Verde. I'm DJ JG. And then we have other members in the band, but this is this is, this is where we're at right here. <laughs> this, this is a tiny desk, you know, yeah. so we can look at so many people, you know. Tiny desk. This couch is very old and only can support so many people right now, but do you want to like, um, you know, like shout out any of the other members of the band or? Shout out Nico Rosie, shout out uh, Gatos Locos. <laughs> oh. Shout out Emerson. No yeah. doubt, man. Yo, man, so with that said, let's start from the beginning. So for all three of you guys, tell us a little bit about your guys' early years. Did you guys grow up in musical house or households or artistic households? And what kind of music did you guys grow up listening to, you know, that kind of set you on this trajectory? Honestly, I didn't grow up too much on a musical background. Like, the only music that I got introduced to was when I asked my brother, I was like, hey, can you hook me up with, like, a CD with some music? Because I had no access to music, like, whatsoever when I was younger. So he gave me a CD... And it, it had like Lincoln Park in it, it had like Eminem in it, it had Dr. Dre in there, there Snoop Dogg. Um, and yeah, there was a bunch of different artists like that that were on there. So I, I enjoyed some of it, you know. And that was where I kind of grew up and listened to that kind of music, you know. But And then when I really got into music was when I was like 15. I was like 10 listening to that CD. But then when I got to 15, I, I got my own like, little studio. And... Um, that's when I started writing first. So I started writing, then made beats, and then DJing. And that's kind of how. So you graduate from there because it's, it's funny. Most people start off DJing, and then they progress to producing, then to doing lyrics. Yeah. So I started uh, writing first, yeah. And then I was just freestyle a whole bunch. And then I wrote a little bit, and then freestyle. What was your MC name? What was your first MC name? 62. 62? <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny. <laughs> you remember the game Def Jam? Yeah. Yeah. You know how you can create your own characters? Mm -hmm. So somebody created a character for me named CC2, and then we would play that game all the time. And ever since then, all the homies were like, oh, your name is CC2. So that was it. That's what they were calling That's what's so, up, that, man. That's what that <laughs> What about you two? Like, what were you know your kind of musical influences, or what kind of uh, upbringing musically did you all have? So for me, I could relate to him because um, my parents are super Mexican, so no hip hop. Like they they hated hip hop. I'm gonna say that <laughs> like for sure. Like they thought, you know the, you know kind of drugs and they thought that like that's what it was all about like drugs and gang and all that bad stuff like what it's projected i guess to to be you know um so i would steal my sister's cds because she would listen to hip-hop and uh, i remember this is random but i stole her like lil wayne uh <laughs> cds and that's that's actually the first rapper i ever listened to which is very different from the music I make, you know. Right. Um, but I, but the first time I listened to like hip hop on my own, I like found stuff on SoundCloud, like Capital Steez, Pro Era, mm. Joey Badass. Like that's that's what made me feel like I could say a message, actually, like in music and stuff. And I actually didn't start rapping till 
I didn't even know like you like freestyle or like I didn't know about any of that. Like I was first introduced to like poetry, you know, obviously from school and stuff. And then from there, um, um, I met one of my friends and he would like start freestyling and I was I was like, what is that? You know, like just acapella, just you know, rhyming and stuff, and then he's like, go, you know, start rapping, you know? So he like pushed me to 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 do it, and obviously it didn't sound good at first, but he was like, that was kind of good. Like, you should you should write something. So that same day I, I went home and I wrote something on my phone and uh, I showed it to him the next day and he was like, wow like you could actually like rap if you if you like keep going you know and practice and that's how it all started really uh so my mom has like a crazy eclectic music taste and she's listened to a bunch of stuff and uh, i was talking to rob earlier that you know, I, when I grew up, the YouTube era was big, and I was into, like, anime a lot. So I'd watch anime music videos, nice. and then they would have, like, songs in there. And it started from, like, Link of Park and System of a Down, I found on my own. But my mom had, like, a crazy taste in music. Like, one of her favorite artists, not so much now because of, like, some of the statements they made, but, like, Morsi and the Smiths. Mm -hmm. And then she likes the Strokes, and she likes um, Dr. Dre, um, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, you know, N.W.A., she likes M.I.A., likes, uh, she used to like Kanye, likes um, My Chemical Romance, him, and uh, she likes Rage Against the Machine too, and just, just everything out of the park. And then, um, yeah, I think uh, when I was uh, in high school, I started finding out about like underground hip hop. I was actually telling him too that uh, my mom dated somebody and in the car he was playing Liquid Swords by Jizza and I just blew my mind. I was like, oh my, this is not like gangster rap. That What is this, you know? And then I started like, oh, there's different types of hip hop. That was sixth grade. And then in ninth grade, I got uh, suspended from school and I got my, uh, like my video games all taken away. But my mom didn't know that my grandma let me her old work laptop that was a, you know, that she didn't need anymore. And I was like, I was like, I'm gonna look up some instrumentals. And I looked up a Moto Technique instrumental and I, <laughs> and I wrote something to it. And like, I was like, yeah, hey. And then I wrote another line, another line. I was like, I can actually do this. And I was like, I like this. And I remember showing like a friend at school. I was like, oh, look, cause he showed me uh, MF Doom. And uh, he was, I showed him that and he was like, you didn't, you didn't write that. And I was like, you know, for real, I did, you know? And he was like, nah, and he was like, that's somebody else, you know? I was like, let me just think of it right now. And like, he couldn't, and I was like, at first I used to get like a fan. I was like, nah, I wrote this. But now I'm like, hey, if you wrote something, I can't believe you wrote it. Like, that's a sign that you wrote something pretty good there, you know? So that's, that's how I started like actually writing stuff and what took me on. So like, shout out to my mom. Like, and she's a big music lover. I remember going to Best Buy with her when new CDs would drop. Like specifically, I remember when she went and got the new, uh, MIA project that had uh, paper planes on it, you know, I remember putting it in the CD player mm -hmm. and like I was like So just her seeing like her love of music and stuff like yeah, really really brought me into Yo, I slayed MCs back in the rap room era My style broke motherfucking backs like him for terror Most rap niggas came loud but unheard Once I pulled out, ground them off to the nearest third Check these non-visual niggas with tapes in the portrait Flood the seminar trying to orbit this corporate industry But what them niggas can't see Must break through like the woo unexpectedly Protect your neck, my sword still remains imperial Before I blast the mic, visit scratch off the cereal We rain
So you're truly from that hip hop generation. Like your mom's putting you on stuff like this. It's like you know, a lot of people like like their parents like so like Verde, you know like their parents hated my yeah. parents. My parents hated it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. you know like I had to find this out through like friends or stuff like that. So that's really cool that you know your mom was putting you on so much game, you know, from an early age yeah. as well. You know, I think uh, to put into perspective too, my mom's super young too. Um, what is it? I'm 25. She's 42 or 43. You know, so she had me super young. So I think she had like more of an open mind. And she's also from that era where like stuff started changing and stuff because she said she, I remember her telling me that, <clears throat> that uh, when she remembered like being pregnant and like hearing like Nas and Lauren Hill's song on the radio like if I ruled the world you know and she was like yeah that was like <laughs> I'll listen to that type of music when I had like you know when you're in my stomach and then she said that she remembers the first time she listened to Eminem like a co-worker was like oh Dr. Dre just signed this person you guys have to look at check them out and she was like what do they sound like they're like they're just different you need to like listen to it and then she says oh I remember listening to Eminem the first time just being like what is this type of music you know like never heard anything like that so she is like had a pretty open mind and in that era where she's like oh i'm gonna go buy the cd to listen to it you know what i mean because yeah. it wasn't like oh let me just look it up at that time you know exactly yeah. most definitely man yeah guys thank you for sharing that so with that being said you guys are on your own respective journeys you know in this hip-hop thing you guys are finding your way finding your sound how do you guys go from these positions of being people who are appreciating the music to being actual active participants, whether it's DJs, producers, or MCs, what makes you go from this like passive position to actively making your own music? I can start this one off. Like how I said, I started in, in ninth grade and then like in 10th grade, like I was just like ninth or 10th, I was like, oh, let me just keep writing as much as I can, you know? And mm -hmm. like, in any time in school, like when there's free time, that's what I was doing, you know? And I think in 11th grade, I was introduced to SoundCloud and I was like listening to other people on there. And uh, on, on my phone, or I don't know if everybody's SoundCloud app had it, but there was a feature where you could record yourself. So I was recording my songs like that, super ghetto. Just like, <laughs> just the beat playing on there, like vocals over there sounds terrible. And like, I remember going into my closet, like, with just like the where the, uh, the the clothes were hanging, I was like, oh, it's, this will dampen the sound. It didn't do anything, you know. <laughs> like it sounded terrible, you know. But like I would put this out and I would like promote this at school and tell all my friends, hey, check this out. And like people would like tell other people, and I was like, okay, cool. And like I know that like, it wasn't the best at the time, but my confidence was right there, you know. And I remember I would write little posters, and the name was still the same, Aim on the MC. So I'd make little posters, Aim on the MC on SoundCloud, and I put it over the water fountain. I put it in the bathroom. I put it in my in my teachers' rooms and stuff and like they would let me and uh, I remember I performed at the um, the, the Halloween um, show where you know you're doing what is it the the contest where the costume contest mm -hmm. at lunchtime and I remember I, I was like begging like the the ASB like uh, people and the directors I was like hey let me on there you know they reviewed my lyrics and they're like all right and then I got like a cool response to that and then I was like I'm gonna do the the pep rally too and then so that just like I did that too and I just kept going from there and I was like at in like high school I was like no this is what I want to do you know and I, what I'm doing now yeah, you know so, so yeah that's how I became like an actual participant from a fan to to hear yeah how about you Vader what's your story so for me <clears throat> I started recording music with um like headphones and uh it would have like a little mic thing that's so good. yeah <laughs> so it was super shitty quality as well um but I remember my parents would work a lot so they would they wouldn't be home 
And I didn't start writing till like college. So I didn't get into it till like really later, you know? Um, and yeah, I would just like, I would just find tight beats on YouTube and just record really shitty quality music, you know, um, sonically, of course. Um, and from then, I mean, I would always like want to put a message really, like I really always emphasize like putting some substance in your music, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, from the inspiration of listening to what I did listen to, I felt like there was a need to, you know, not say derogatory stuff and, um, and really just change the way that music was, you know, or yeah. is, <laughs> right? So, awesome. yeah. Yeah, and then for me, um, I actually, every Christmas we would get something really nice, right? We'd ask for something, <laughs> we'd ask for something, we'd get something really nice. Uh, my brother, my oldest brother would always give this something every Christmas, right? Uh, but when I was 15, uh, we asked for like a studio, like, you know, like to, to have like a closet studio. So he got us the mic, he got us the headphones, he got us pretty much everything to start like recording when I was 15. Um, and then at first I would just mess around, you know, I would just harmonize, I would just like, just play around and just like not really think of it, you know, mm -hmm. like being like, oh, like a cool like artist, like I'm gonna do this, you know. Um, but that's what I was doing, just harmonizing. Like I was more like singing, like back then. I wasn't even like rapping gotcha. until I started rapping, and I was like, oh, cool, I like this. And then <laughs> I started freestyling. Um, so yeah, I started doing that, recorded, um, and then producing beats was like super big for me. Like I started making beats, and it was just like a lot of fun. Like, and I was just using GarageBand too. Like, when GarageBand first came out, that's what I was using, um, and then it was Logic, Logic Pro X, and then you know so forth. Um, and then after I, I became a DJ and then like I got I got that for my uh, for my senior senior year um, gift. And instead of getting a car, I was like, I want some turntables. So I got That's what's up. I got some turntables. <laughs> and then um, you know, my brothers thought they were like, Oh, you know, he's gonna like pick it up, you're not gonna you know, he's probably not gonna do anything with it or anything but there's something about it where I just like would go in my room and I'd set it up really nice, have everything nice and it was something about it that just like I just wanted to keep keep practicing, you know. And my friend actually got me on uh, DJ Cuber, DJ Shifty, A Track, like all those like East, there's a lot of East Coast DJs too that he put me on. And I was super interested in like them like just cutting it up, and that really like sparked my interest in like DJing. So ever since then, like I just practice and practice and practice like five to six hours a day, just stuck in my room after school, just like in there, in there, in there, in there, like just doing it. Committed to the craft, man. Yeah, <laughs> committed. And then I didn't start performing. Performing until two years after that, when I first started, like, when I first started performing. And what year was this? Um, what year was this? 2014. Okay. when I first started, like, going into, like, doing shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just kept doing that, and then I met them, and... <laughs> This is where we've been, you know? <laughs> and, that, and that leads us to our next question. There's three, there's three parts. So you all are all doing this on your own. What brought you all together? So I know that some of the kids aren't here, obviously, but what yeah. brings you guys all together to form this, I'm just going to call it a super group. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the significance of the name, right? We want to talk about that, too. Because yeah. you all came together. You all found each other by some means, right? But, like, how did you settle on the name The Neighborhood Kids? 
All right, so this is there's gonna be some crazy backstory on this one. Um, we met JG years ago, right? And in 2019, we were just doing a crazy run where we were doing like probably like four, sometimes four to five shows a week or like, you know, at least once a week we were doing a show. And even if he wasn't on the lineup with us, sometimes we'd run into him at a show and there'd be turntables there and he would just ask for permission and what, who, the, the DJ at the time would be like, yeah, you could use it. So we were just always performing together. And then eventually we got on uh, the Cypher Effect. Uh, you guys familiar with it? And uh, that was a really cool experience. And then JG had to handle some like life stuff after that. And then, you know, the whole lockdown happened. But uh, during the lockdown, me and her were just still writing all of our music. And uh, we, we were doing so much music together that we really wanted a name that encompasses what we had. And we had, after so many like terrible names, you <laughs> so know, bad. <laughs> so bad. Uh, since like everybody was like on the lockdown, uh, the kids across the street from, from me, where, uh, you know, where the block party was, <laughs> uh, the kids across the street, they, uh, they were like always playing basketball because you know you couldn't leave or do anything at the time. There was nothing going on, and uh, we were doing videography at the time, and they wanted to learn from us or whatever. And we had our uh, our cameras out, and we were just like you know messing around with them and, and playing, and we're playing basketball with them. And one of our other neighbors said to us, it was like, oh, that was super cool. We saw you guys hanging out with the neighborhood kids." Mm. And then, then it just, clicked. They it just clicked. Clicked. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, no, and I will say that like we're so like silly and just like so weird like we'll make jokes every day like just be you know shooting the shit and um i just think it resonates so well like and just the the message of keeping that inner kid because a lot of people like they have this ego that it's like dude like we're all just kids we're all just kids you know and it's uh, we gotta just you know keep that energy you know because it's so it's so easy to just fall into like oh like oh like i'm all i'm the shit and you know and i think we just need to keep that kid you know because I, I i always think like what would your little kid self like you know say to you right now or, mm-hmm. right so yeah yeah <laughs> and we know people like grow up obviously because of the you know everything that goes on in the world all the dark, the good, the bad, the ugly, but you know, there's something about keeping that that little kid inside of you, keeping them happy, because a lot of people with like you know bills and working and just life and just everything going on, it's easy to like let that slip away. But I think more than the name, it's like it could also be a movement, you know, like because we're the neighborhood kids, but everybody was a neighborhood kid at one yeah. point, you know, so. That's I what, love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, and I just gotta ask because I'm like, some names that didn't make the cut. Can I get like one? Like, give me one example of like one of the ones that was yeah. like, no, Ash, Ash been of history for that. Yeah. And there's, there's quite a few. Like, um, for a while, because uh, we, <laughs> you know how like there's the term soulmates, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? So, like, this is my partner. You know, I'm in love with her. <laughs> and uh, right away when we first met, we clicked. And she told me the term called twin flames, right? Mm. Where, like, that somebody is, like, it's, like, more than a soulmate. It's, like, only, like, you know, there's only a few people in the world that could really, like, match you with that. And sometimes it's, like, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know? And, like, that really resonated with us. We're, like, we're the twin flames, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that sounds terrible now. <laughs> and, then, and then after, that was already taken, gladly, you know? Like, I'm glad it was. I was like, oh, maybe we played on some other things. I was like, Mother Earth, Father Time, you know? Oh, y'all are so cute, though. Like, we're going like, to go, like, like but it's going to be, like, there's no temporality. It's, like, it's, like, it's very good. I yeah. like that. 
That's funny, though. Thank you for sharing this. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I heard that. I was like, oh, I got to know. <laughs> so with that said, guys, you know, for anyone that has listened to your music, there is a political tinge and socially conscious message to all of your music. And I wanted to ask you guys, you know, political discourse in this country is probably the ugliest it's been in recent memory. And as a group that has made a point to make political and socially conscious music, what are your thoughts on the current state of just not discourse, but general climate in this country? Are things going in the right direction, or do you think that they could be going better? I think it's very easy for everybody to like see you know, everything black and white when there's a very gray area, because there's a lot of more freedoms people are getting, and there's a lot of freedoms being taken away. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. So I think like there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of bad that we see right now, you know? And as far as like racism coming out to light, but I guess that could also be a good in seeing like people's true colors, you know? But there's, you know, it's terrible. Um, but apart from that, I feel like uh, another thing too is like, I don't think we're, people like to say like, oh, we're a political band because we talk about social issues, you know? But I don't think we're political. I think it's, I think we're just talking about human rights at the end of the day. And I feel like there shouldn't be anything political about, you know, treating people like humans. You know, it's like wherever it gets into that, uh, you know, that scope of it. But I think that, you know, there's there's so many people that uh, can connect to, to each other now because of like the Internet, because of, um, you know, the access to being able to communicate so you can find like minded people. And I feel like people are really waking up, you know, and I feel like a lot of these, um, uh, what is it, like headlines want to make us fear things, you know, fear like other people they make us want to fear like what's happening with like um, you know the job market with uh, racism I know there's still kids in the cages right now you know yeah. Yeah. with the ice detention centers and I know there's uh, people across the world that don't have you know their freedom but I also feel like there's like a, a collective like uh, you know enlightened where people want to do something about it and I feel like you know, there's these uprising and stuff like during the whole uh, marches that were in 2020 for after uh, George Floyd got murdered and uh, Ahmaud Avery and uh, Breonna Taylor. And that was a, a crazy because it was it wasn't just here that it happened or it wasn't just where uh, the situation happened. The whole nation got together. Yeah, and then yeah. and then when the elections in 2020 happened, people across the world were marching against what was going on. And there's like a there's. People want to say that there's uh, we're so divided, but I think there's a huge sense of unity that oh, yeah. people like to over overlook too. So it's very easy to be like, oh, this is the worst times in life, but it's also could be the best times in life, you know, mm -hmm. depending on your scope. And obviously, some people get born into to terrible situations, and a lot of people are like, we're blessed, you know. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's there's a lot of blessings, a lot of curses to where we live right now, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. And yeah, so that, that's why I'm gonna say because. It's not. It's not easy. Easy to like explain that this is very. There's, there's a huge gray area that yeah. gets overlooked. Of course. Yeah. There's a lot of. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say because no, there's a lot of discussion about like you know um, who. For me, it's always like who's doing the dividing and who's doing the unifying, right? Like our people, you see it. Like we're all coming together. We're experiencing things, but we're not like 
naturally inclined to be divided, right? Like, if anything, we all want to come, somebody breaks their car down on the side of the road, people sometimes will just stop and organically want to, you know, come together. Yeah. Even, like, you were talking about the name, the neighborhood kids, like, everybody, like, as, you know, when you're little kids, organically, you all, like, click up and you just mob around the neighborhood. Yeah. And, like, yeah. stuff because you're, like, <laughs> you're a kid, right? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you mentioned the discourse, right? Like, all this stuff that makes us want to fear each other, right? Like, yeah, it's not black and white, but it, like, comes down to, like, well, why is it that, like, the people with all this power, like, to tell us what's, like, on the news, what's in the media, or even, like, what's, like, the music that we're listening to, why are they, like, hyping up this, like, oh, we can't trust each other, that the neighbors, like, that we have with, or whatever, aren't trustworthy, you know? So I think that you touch on a good thing, which is, like, you know, obviously, it's not just black and white, it's not just, like, oh, people are evil, or whatever, like, the human nature argument people make, I think that's dope. Were you going to say something, though, Jamie? No, I was going to say I totally agree with what you were saying, honestly. He he had to mark you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I agree. We were talking about, like, kind of the social ties that your music has. Like, obviously, I know that there, uh, you know, was a very specific song that you all did just right here at the office that's all about, like, what's, you know, kind of the global impact that's happening on children. There's a a song about, like, the developing world, third world that, that you all did. And obviously, hip hop has been, like, a conduit for, you know, political and social causes. Uh, over the years since its very inception, right? Uh, So what are your thoughts, uh, I guess, just about how hip-hop as a a medium could be used for, like, sharing these messages? Do you think that, like, that's something that is, like, of use to our communities? Like, obviously, I'll just say it, like, none of us are white here, right? Like, do you think that, like, hip-hop as a medium is, like, is a a practical or an important way to, like, kind of get these messages out? Or do you think that, you know, it's even appropriate to do that in this music? I'm assuming... uh, I'm assuming some things, like having heard your music, but what do you, I guess is like you want to expand on that a little bit. I def I definitely think that's that's a great outlet to do uh, it through hip hop because and to do it through song really honestly because no matter what it is, no matter if it's R and B, no matter if it's even pop, rock, whatever it is, like as I think I think it's so powerful being that someone else can sing your lyrics and literally repeat that and and manifest uh, positivity or unity or bringing everyone together you know I think I think that is so incredibly powerful and I think it could be powerful as well as positive but negative too because like we hear it in uh, you know the mainstream music that it's like um, you know talking about crazy stuff right and and you're saying that and that's what trips me out because the younger generation like is saying these crazy things you know which upsets me but at the same time like I understand that we're we're making an impact and as long as like at least we're doing something about it instead of just oh talking about oh they're doing something wrong like we have to make the change right Mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah, I agree with her, and I think it's extremely important to do it through music, especially because you could have like a young politician, per se, approaching all these things and telling these kids like what we could do like in civics to, to help our communities and whatnot, but it's not going to hit as hard to the younger generation as hearing somebody their age or in their demographic that kind of looks like them or that they could feel, you know? to tell them the same things, you know, and especially put that message in there and it will actually resonate and stay in there. Especially when you're in your formative years, music is gonna be something you remember. I remember like listening to Mortal Technique when I was, you know, I think like 13, 14, and the things that he talks about are still in my head and that's still like the awareness and brings up and 
the, the impacts he made, like building schools and as far as just making that music that really put that impact. So I think that's super strong and super important and it, it should be like a standard to put some, some message in here. I know it's not, you know, but as long as there's art, there will always be artists that are going to, to talk about things and uh, put their message across and, you know, really uplift the next generation and uh, wake them up, you know, at an early age. And it's, gonna, it's the best way to do it through music. Yeah. And to make these ideas cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. 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 no one wants to go and be like, be a good person. You know, yeah. Obviously, we want to incentivize that, but society at large doesn't necessarily incentivize that. You're almost incentivized to be like ruthless, right? Like yeah. the main kind of uh, motivators you hear are like, be like so ruthless and heartless and whatever, grind, like work 70 hours, <laughs> step on anybody that gets in your way. And so to like have a different message, right? Like to make those ideas cool. That's what I really like about your all's music is like, it's not only like, you know, a positive message, but it's like, it's cool. You all are cool. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you know, I kind of want to uh, expand upon that. You know, hip hop is one of the most powerful and significant musical genres, as well as social movements of the past 50 years. And I think it's safe to say that like, hip hop has had a profound effect on all of our lives. Like none of us here are over the age of 32. So like, we don't know a world without hip hop. You know, like we, it predates us and we've always grown up around it. And I kind of wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on hip hop's power to build unity and enlighten the masses and to fuel mechanisms for change in our society, especially right now with so many things changing at the moment. And with the internet too, because I mean, just hearing something that you all were talking about, like a common thread was like YouTube, SoundCloud, like you all found this music and this genre together with like the help of the internet and like do yeah. you think that the internet is like in addition to Rob's you know question will have any kind of impact on on how that gets that, that message gets out and how do you enlighten people to these ideas because you said like obviously the main the people who actually control uh like the labels the people that are actually controlling like who gets to go tour and gets the you know gets the bread to actually get this message out and gets like these ideas listened to you know are obviously not people pushing like a socially conscious kind of thing like how, you know how do you all like, confront that? Or do you think that like, using the internet is helpful for that? Oh, most definitely. And I think the world is very much changing. I heard somebody say that, you know, the TV television doesn't exist anymore. Your television's on your phone now, you know? So commercial, you, you know what I mean? So like the same way, like the internet is, is now the television, the internet is now the form of entertainment. And the same way that you're slipping these messages in your music, if you slip that into your content on internet, you're going to get that message across to people. Like, uh, TikTok is one thing that's really changing our lives right now and the getting our message across and really putting the, our outlet onto other people and bringing all these people that are very non-biased because on Instagram it's a lot of our friends and some some random people that are coming across our things but on there there's all random people who have unbiased opinions and they hear our message they either like it or they hate it but at the end of the day it's getting out to those thousands of people so the same way uh you know I, I feel like there's many things detrimental about the internet but there's also so many beneficial things about the internet and the huge thing is the connecting and also the outreach that it has along with uh, what you said about the record labels and promoting all this i feel like record labels they they do their thing you know but i feel like they're they're dying off the independent artist is thriving right now and yeah. it, there's almost like no use for for a record label most times you know so i think um and then back to to rob's question that um 
the what was it the power of of uh, of hip hop of hip hop yeah to make change and to you oh. know feel these mechanisms you it's, know it's huge it's 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 huge especially because I feel like um, hip hop can be such a tight knit community we're friends because of this music you know we know you because of this music yeah. I feel like Definitely. otherwise we wouldn't have have known about each other you know and these are strong connections these are real you know this isn't just like on the internet you know which nothing against that you know but like these are genuine real connections that were made because of the music you guys believe in what we say and we actually uh you know we we uh we, we practice what we preach we do it you know we we fight for these people and we actually like work with nonprofits to to make this uh this an actual thing instead of just saying our music because there's nothing wrong with just putting it out there but we want to take that extra step you know to actually be I guess what you want to call activists, you know, but I think at the end of the day, just good people, you know. <laughs> the best yeah. people, I would argue. I look around, walking yeah. over people dying on the sidewalk, and I'm like, this is wrong. I want to do something about exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anybody, anybody else want to answer Rob's question? I was like, uh, I don't know if anybody else had any thoughts about this one or about the internet. I didn't, I didn't mean to open the internet can of worms. <laughs> I, I just feel like if you use anything and you use it for, for good intentions, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's it's okay. You know, okay. and just yeah. spreading that good positive voice out and that good message and, you know, find free people. Exactly. I'm sorry to go into another tangent, but exactly what he said, as long as you have like good intentions, because they've always said the money is the root of evil, but you could use money for evil or you could use money to, to help people. You know, I think we have very altruist like goals and stuff. And I think that, you know, it's very easy to be like, oh, fuck money, because, you know, the rich have it. And or you could be like, hey, how about I just stop, you know, complaining on what they have? because money's all around us and it's, you know, it's very possible. I understand there's like different in class systems or whatever, but there's also like, we could do anything we set our mind to. We really have the power to do that. Sure. And, and you know, as long as we put like good intentions behind what we're doing and really like move with a purpose, good things will happen, right. you know? Absolutely. And you know, like, what were you saying? Money can't buy taste, right? And money can't <laughs> buy like values, right? Like money, obviously we've seen it. Like some of the people with the most money are the most morally bankrupt people that are hurting our communities the most. So I think it's dope that you may kind of mention that it's kind of like um, the intent, right? And obviously somebody that really believes something I've noticed can punch way above their weight class, like in any industry, whether that's music yeah. or where it happened to be in a, an office that does a lot of like, uh, of like, let's just call it social activism as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, thank you. I'm gonna just like ask you a direct question because obviously me and you were like, you know, cracking jokes with uh, the comrade Eric, you know? And so Eric like let it slip to me just about like how you would freestyle back in the deli in your younger years, you know, just freestyle, getting in there like practice, you know? Uh, just, you know, obviously doing, I think, what, what you do. And I'm just curious, like, do you think, like, because obviously I think all of, none of us here are rich. Let me just say, I'm going to go on a limb. I don't think any of us are, like, fucking rolling in, 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 in the bucks right now. But, like, do you think it, like, you know, coming from you know, doing underground hip-hop, do you think, like, having that experience, like, working, like, working-class jobs in, like, a deli, like, you know, freestyling while you're cleaning out, like, the chicken, <laughs> the chicken grease and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. do you think that's, like, important to kind of, like, how you develop your sound, the lyrics that you do, like, just having those experiences, like, a worker. I feel like it's character building, but I don't feel like it defines you. I feel like I don't think that you necessarily need that because so many people have very uh, character building moments throughout their life without working at early years, younger years. You can find inspiration in anything, you know? So I think like, that's not even where I started freestyling. You know, I think it just, I, I got to put some of that in songs because it was very, uh, not the best work environment, you know? But I don't think like that necessarily like made me a better rapper. Mm -hmm. I, I think like, the, the people I surround myself with, 
the you know the self-esteem that I helped build myself and the confidence that I gave myself is really what made me become a great artist you know and I think that I feel like working a job yeah it definitely builds your character and it makes you a it could make you a better person. It could also tear you up on the inside. That's, that's the, the biggest fault of like getting rid of a lot of people's inner kid, you know? So I think, you know, better for worse, you know? But I think, uh, I think it could. I think um, Lauren Hill mentioned that she didn't uh, drop like any more projects after she was working so much in the studio, going on stage in the studio, because, uh, you know, she said, you need life to, you need to experience life to, create more music to create more more uh you know yeah just music you need you need to experience life and no matter how you choose to experience life is what's gonna you know inspire whatever you're gonna create whatever it be you're a journalist so like your life your your upbringing is is what's gonna create that and anything you listen to the people that you watch the things that you hear the the books that you read is gonna go into your uh, journalism somehow just like everything that we've listened to is basically what we've become inside of a blender and has created us into the artist that we are. Same thing with you. All your experiences made you this. You're you're a great funny guy and I, I feel like I feel like you <laughs> And I don't know. I just like talking to you so I think like you must have had some very good and bad life experiences that made you want to just be like, "Hey, let me just be a good person." And I feel like that's the same thing for all of us, you know. So yeah, long-winded answer to just say uh, yes and no. I don't think it's a hundred percent important to work these jobs. You could, you could work any job and come out, you know, as as artistic as you want. You know, I think it's all it's all mentality. It's all about you. It's all about um, you know what you really feel about yourself and yeah, and how you choose to be inspired. Absolutely, man. Thanks for thank you for sharing. Don't worry about the length either, man. Long-winded <laughs> answers could be the alternative name for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, but with that being said, you know, I love how you, you, you listed all like the positive attributes that come from life that inform, you know, every aspect, our views, uh, what we create in our art, you know, how we interact and treat other people. And being an artist is, I'll just say it, it's, it's a wondrous and magical experience, but it also comes sometimes with its downsides. It's not always easy. In fact, I'd say yeah. a lot of times, most of the time, it's not easy. Yeah. So I wanted to ask the three of you, what do you all enjoy the most about being hip-hop artists and also conversely what do you dislike the most as well I think she has the answer on this one <laughs> uh, I could start off with dislike um, uh, obviously being a woman in hip-hop is very very uh, difficult and I will say that I've gotten insulted many times many times uh, even like to the recent dates from now till back then just always doubt always thinking that oh like what are you gonna do like are you gonna sing or are you gonna like not that singing is bad or, or I just think that people think that's more feminine or more you know so there's always this connotation on on what what it is to be a hip-hop artist so like you have to be not saying that this is what it is, but like, it's just the stereotype, right? So like, I really don't like that whole stereotype that, oh, like, just cause you're a girl, like, you can't rap or you can't do these things. And yeah, I just, I, I really don't like that. I really dislike that about um, this, this artist's life, you know, the doubt that comes with it. And I think 
and everyone gets doubted, right? But I think as a as a woman, it's it's very it's it's more it's more extreme. Where do you think that comes from more often? Does it come from within the community itself, or is it from the listeners? I think from both, honestly. I will say because yeah, I've just I've had some experiences that it's came from both sides, and it's it's unfortunate. But I will say that there is a lot of love at, at the same time. But um, but yeah, I just really dislike that about about it. You know, it's not fair. You know. And I've seen it firsthand where like she'll get very like looked over or like not treated, you know, the same as other artists on the bill. And then people will see her go up and like, oh wow, she's dope. And all of a sudden, like I want to be cool with you now, or I want to like like tell you how good you were. But like five minutes before I went on, it wasn't the same energy. Matter of fact, it didn't look like you wanted. I wasn't welcome here, you know. Like a lot of the time, like we'll go to shows and like. This was more like back then when people didn't know what we did or whatever. And um, uh, I always notice this with like conversations. It's like they only want to talk to him, but like to me, I'm like invisible. I'm not there, you know? And then once we go on stage, oh, now I want to talk to you. And it's the same people that we were talking to. So it's just very hypocritical. And it's not, it's not fair again, like how I said. And on that same part, since we're on the dislike, I'll just go on to that. The, just the whole ego thing. Just the people thinking they're, they're better because music they put out or because of their follower count or because of all these things. It's like, I, I don't want to treat any artist like they're less than based off of, off of that. You're all human. You know, we're all doing the same thing. Like, why, why is there that crabs in the bucket mentality? You know, so I just try to surround myself. Like, that's why I'm so grateful for this team, you know, because we're all just let's lift each other up as soon as like one person starts to like doubt themselves you know we're like nah dude you're dope like like get that out of your head you know so that's the uh, yeah I think it's a lot of the the ego that comes that comes with the the, the doubt you know yeah. and is there anything that you dislike uh, I mean I have to say I agree with that too you know a lot of the, the ego side and, uh, just a lot of like I don't know if it's just hip hop or just being an artist. Um, like just like rumors or like you know other words getting around and, and kind of like a, a, a like dividing of the community in a way. Like mm -hmm. you're going out there and you're, you're just being an artist and stuff. Like sometimes a lot of the talking, maybe people talking about each other and yeah. whatnot. That's something that I dislike, you know, because I just want to come out to the show and just enjoy the moment and just enjoy the time I'm having. Just love doing it, you know, without having to hear something or someone say something about something. You know what I mean? Especially so that's something that, that I just like for sure. Especially when you're in these really small scenes, you know. Like I feel like the music scene in San Diego is already small as it is, and then when you get into something like the underground hip hop scene, it gets it gets real small real quick. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, to add on onto that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it sucks when you hear, especially like on the on the internet, you know, like like how I was telling you, like it could be good or bad. Like I feel like that's a big thing, and um, what that segues into into what I dislike is not the internet or or the people. What I dislike is that it takes like so much like energy and love that we put in and time into these songs, and like you know sometimes albums or, or songs could take months, years or whatever, but it only takes seconds for someone to criticize it. 
Yeah. You know, and listen to it and be like, oh, this is garbage, you know, when without looking at the full scope of things. And granted, anybody could have their own opinion, but I just like that, you know, <laughs> any of these opinions could just, just be like straight bagging on, on what you're doing, you know, yeah. so I think that talk. But enough of the negatives. I think the, the positives of of this genre specifically is I feel like since it is small, like we, we tend to have these tight-knit connections and these tight-knit communities, and it's almost like, oh, we got this, like, little scene of group of people that, you know, we rock with. And I'm not going to say in, like, in a clicky way, you know, because I, I like to be outside of, you know, the circle or whatever. I like to, you know, if if we're on the same wavelength, I don't care what, you know, what little circles are, you know, as long, like, as I said, as long as you're a good person. But it's so cool when you have, like, this little circle and then somebody in L.A. is like, oh, I rock with you guys. And then that connection builds. And then now we're in L.A. And then it's, oh, now we're in Bakersfield. Oh, now we're... um I don't know, somewhere uh, El Centro. These are all places that we have, like, cool little communities in because we knew one person from there that wanted to, like, take a chance and bring us out there. And it's just so cool to have these, like, genuine connections, real-life connections with, with people because, you know, we don't have millions of followers or whatever, but we have people that really will die hard for us. And it's it's beautiful to see, like, these people that really show the, the most amount of love and it wouldn't have happened without this music and... Yeah, I only see like huge things, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're. You said earlier, like we know we're not rich. I know I'm rich, you know. Like this, I got these connections, and I see these millions, billions right here. I could feel it. I could see it. I have this is priceless right here. So, you know, and it's it's all something that is is just from this music, you know, and you can never take that away. We're rich in what matters, you know? Exactly. Not rich right. in what they tell us matters, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. How about you, Vader? What? Positives. Positives. So I just really appreciate the art and how, like, DJing, graffiti, mm. the MCing, like, there's so, like, all the elements, you know, is just, like, incredible to me. There's nothing else like this, you know? Nothing, completely. And it's it's something that's just so unique to me that like how I said like the the most closest thing is like poetry and I think poetry is just so powerful and you being a journalist is just like the words you know mm. like I think words have so much power power of the pen <laughs> yeah exactly that's my positive side to hey, it. hey to say on that thing it's a culture you know mm -hmm. there's it's a yeah. it's a whole culture that is like it uh it transcends uh you know orientation race religion anything you know it doesn't matter who you are we have that common love of hip-hop and that goes back to my thing but just it's a culture you know yeah, it really is it's wild because you know like we're here in the states but we could go to mexico we could go to japan we could go to germany find hip-hop heads out there yeah. and click you know instantly you know doesn't matter if we speak different languages you know or got different nationalities you know it's like it's a culture that transcends all of those exactly yeah. and then your positives yeah, my positive, honestly, uh, what I really, really, truly love about it is that you can really change somebody's life through music. Yeah. Like, even just sounds, you know, manipulating sounds. Like when I'm cutting up and scratching, like, there's a lot of cool reaction, a lot of awesome feedback that I get that people tell me. They're like, oh, I, you brought me back to my days of, like, you know, like way back then, and, and it gave me some spark, and I feel good, you know. So just being, like, able to motivate people and inspire others through music and being an artist and a hip hop artist and cutting, like doing what I do is like, 
it's awesome to see because you can <laughs> see that that spark in their eyes you know that like light you know what i mean and and even some people that told me look i was feeling down like i didn't feel so good but when i heard you up there like you like you woke me up like i felt yeah. so much better, you know so that's honestly beautiful to me to like knowing that you can change somebody's life knowing that you can bring positive in their life and motivate them and inspire them that's really what i truly love about about hip-hop and doing what I do. Absolutely, man. Let's give the DJs their flowers because, again, like I said, yeah. this hip-hop thing, it didn't start with the MCs, it didn't start with the B-boys, it didn't even start with the graph writers. It all started with the fucking DJs. So give the DJs their props, everybody. <laughs> and also give our flowers to DJ JG because a lot of people have went into this electronic route and having, like, CDJs, and he's, like, really out here with a vinyl setup. And yeah. even when one of his uh, turntables messed up, he's one... One turntable still cutting it up, going crazy, and he's due for an upgrade and stuff. But that doesn't nothing of that matters because the the skill and the art form he's keeping it alive for the vinyl DJs out there, and he's he's really doing it. So my flowers to DJ JG. Shout out to JG. JG. So I have a question, and it's going to be for Meta next. Uh, specifically, I've heard this song twice. One as like a full band, right? And then once as like a three-piece here in the office. And I fucking love it, just I'm going to be honest. It's the song Tomboy. And, you know, obviously the full band has like almost like a Rage Against the Machine kind of vibe. Where it's just like, I, I grew up like in the hardcore scene and like working mosh pit security. So I fucking love like, I mean, I'm like, all right, let's open this pit up right now. Uh, uh, but also I loved it with just like the, like the, like the vicious cutting that you're doing. Like, and like you're on the, on the drum machine, just like slamming on it. I, would, I was hoping you could share like, what's the significance of the song both to you, you know, as an artist, personally? And do you think that it's, you know, songs like this, like that you're producing, which I think is an important one, a very powerful song. And I've seen you do it twice. And every single time you always like do an intro on what it means to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just tell me about what it means to you. And I'll ask my second question after. Okay, for sure. So um, when I was growing up, I was a uh, super tomboy, like no dress, no skirts. And my mom would hate it. She would like try to like, um, she would try to like force me to wear stuff, you know, and uh, I even remember I would bring a spare change of clothes like in my backpack because I didn't want to like wear that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and she hated it and she would like be like, no quiero ser marimacha, you know, like, uh, like basically a dyke. I think that's what it means, right? Um, and on top of that, like when I was growing up, like a lot of and I will say, like, girls and and boys, they would make fun of me and, like, uh, tease me because, like, back then I know this is, like, gross, but, like, I was, like, super kind of unsanitary. I wouldn't, like, take a shower every day. Like, I would, you know, kind of be a little bummy, you know? Like, I would have a bunch of, like, dandruff, or, like, stuff like that, right? And uh, people would make fun of me and, like, uh, I even remember this kid would like try to cut my hair like oh my uh, god Jeez. yeah yeah god so damn. like not good things right um so the song is is really enraged like and you could hear it right like you're saying rage against the machine and honestly i didn't even know about rage against the machine like when we were writing that and uh I recently like found out about them, you know, so like I had this all this rage just built up like anger um, that I needed to get out, you know, and 
there's that's the beautiful thing of hip-hop too that it's like an outlet for this bottled up like anger and um you know and that's that's definitely what i what i used that song for like just to to let it all out you know and and make that message to the people that used to make fun of me and um and you know like really stand up for people who are like me and who you know like go through maybe the same thing or even worse you know maybe i didn't even have it that bad compared to other people you know so i'm grateful and i i dedicate that song to those people that would do that stuff to me you know yeah i mean definitely a very powerful song and one that i think you know myself i was like oh damn like we don't hear enough of this kind of thing i think myself like people like obviously challenging these you know notions that are often very like foreign on on our on us these aren't it's not natural for like getting these gender constructs of, right, of what is like masculine or feminine feminine right and i guess i'm just i'm curious to get your insight on this uh, like obviously do you think that's like more relevant like you know songs like that tomboy are more relevant now like people are like are do you think people are more or, or less willing to hear this now, I guess, in this current state versus like maybe like 20, 30 years ago or something like that? Yeah, definitely. I think people are waking up, like how he said earlier, that people are definitely waking up and the internet is 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 really like thriving in a way. And I, I do see the, the bad in it too, but I will say that there is a lot of like open-mindedness, right? Like, whereas like how you said 20 years ago, I don't know if this would like fly or, um, I also think like the LGBTQ like community too, like I feel like that's very brand new, you know, and like uh, like thriving, you know, like whereas 20 years ago, like this would be like bad, you know, or like people would be, you know, bashing or trying to like put it down in a sense, right? But I think, I think it's going up and I think it, it needs to be said and there needs to be more songs that talk about like people and and their you know their bottled up stuff and stuff along that line you know I mean, you kind of touched on the like vocal like style that you that you use. I think in previous like a previous answer. I just want to open it up to the whole neighborhood kid crew, basically of like, <laughs> how did you all decide? Like, I mean, or was it just like your decision to like go with your vocal style? Personally, I'm a huge fan. I fucking like I said, I grew up in a in a scene where it's like that getting that those feelings out right and that energy. I think it's like very meaningful and very like people can feel that energy right and i mean for me like some of the songs especially um the ones that you're incorporating english and spanish like you're flipping between like these two languages and that like that energy i think really comes up uh i guess i'm just curious like how did you all decide on like incorporating that or was there what, what was the decision process i guess uh in using those kind of like real guttural like you know, like challenging. I just like you mentioned the conventions that people like assume, you know, oh, that like, you know, there's going to be some singing involved. But it's like, no, nah, like we're going to like, this is about real shit. I'm going to feel <laughs> yeah. my feelings, you know, like, right. can you all tell us like how that, how that, you know, creative process works or? Hey, it's honestly crazy because it was natural, you know, before she even found out about Rage Against the Machine, people have told her like, oh, you kind of sound like Zach Delarocha, you know? And she was, she was like, oh, I've been getting this. So I, I put her on Rage Against the Machine 
And even when we've been making our music, not once were we like, oh, we're going to sound like Rage Against the Machine. It has happened, you know, especially like when we like write songs. It sounds way different when you perform it because something about that energy, something about when you're up there, it just changes, you know, because when we practice, it doesn't sound like that, you know. And then and then when we get out there, somehow like, you know, these spirits <laughs> come into us and then it just, it just you know, right. it, it gets the Holy Ghost and it, it just it just yeah. goes up from there. But yeah so it, it was it was more of a natural thing it wasn't like you know what i want to sound super rugged and i wanted to to you know do this of course we have like songs where like um like let, let's make this sound more underground or let's make this like sound crazy and i think now that people have responded really well to that we're starting to write songs in that but not once where we're like i'm trying to sound like rage against the machine or like i'm trying to like sound angry you know it just it just comes out yeah there's definitely so much rage, honestly, inside. Like, at least for me, like, I have so much, like, rage inside of me that stuff like this upsets me. Like, like people getting made fun of or, like, you know, obviously, like, injustices. Like, it just, like, frustrates me. And I, and I, and I almost feel like when I'm in front of a crowd, like, I need to make my presence known because, like, back then... I was silenced. I was always like, oh, you're the the odd one out or the last one to get picked for something. Like, always. Like, that was me my whole life. Like, always, like, the last one, you know? And I, I just have so much rage, I think, like, inside of me, honestly. But I'm not trying. I, I think it just, like, just comes out, you know? That's a lot of reasons to be angry. <laughs> all like some of the stuff you were talking about earlier, but things you don't like about the scene, you know, like yeah. understandable to, and I think that people can really resonate with that. Which I guess my uh, follow up because I can't stop myself, Rob. Sorry, <laughs> is like um, you know, like do you ever get like hit up by people like because they hear your style, and do you ever get hit up by you know other non men and like or or women who are trying to like you know get in break into the scene, and do they ever like you know do they are they inspired to do do you want to inspire like more people to kind of pursue like a sound that's true to them, right? Not like like what you were talking about, like not one that's like constructed to fit like a narrative, but just like, you know, like follow what the sound is. Like if you're angry, be angry. Is that like yeah. kind of the message that you would want to share with people? Or what kind of, I guess, message are you trying to share uh, with people that would maybe be trying to break into this scene as like a young, a younger person? Definitely to just let it out or let it go because like there's so much baggage that I think we carry as, as humans, just everyone just carries all this shit and you need to let it out, you know, whether it be hip-hop, whether it be dance, whatever it is, like, you need to just let it out, you know, and that's my advice, like, whatever it is, you know, just just let it out. Mm-hmm, and, and just be the most authentic you that you could be, right. you know, because even though there's, like, this these, um, these terrible experiences, sometimes these create the most beautiful music. Right. And then you said about people, like, breaking into the scene. I'm going to shout out the homie right now because she actually inspired somebody to start putting out their music and uh, probably, like, one of the best singers of our generation. I'm going to okay. shout them out. Nicole McFly. <laughs> Nicole McFly, yeah, came to uh, Saving the People Fest years ago and had been a fan of Air Today and, and watching us, and now we're fans of her, you know, and... And I don't know if you're familiar or if you're not, but somebody to definitely look out for because one of the best singers ever, you know, <laughs> like awesome. like like that type, you know. So be authentic. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> I wanted to expand on that question, Alcevera. I wanted to see ask you since you regularly incorporate Spanish in your lyrics, and it goes out saying we have a lot of Chicano Chicana MCs on this project and other people from the diaspora too, but. 
a lot of artists that we have on this program, whether it's Cosmic Force or Celine Salah, Indigenous Cats, Tulengua, Odessa Kane, is that rapping in Spanish, it's, in a way, it's almost a way of resistance. And I wanted to ask, you know, like, what is the significance to you and incorporate, what does it mean to you to incorporate Spanish in your music? I just honestly, the, it's just my, my culture and what, you know, like, my parents are both from Tijuana, they're both, you know, um, you know, they're both Mexican, and, and honestly, every time I, I infuse that, I just think of them, and I think of, like, all the struggles and and the racial slurs, slurs that they, you know, encountered, and, and I've seen it happen, and I've seen, like, I've seen it, so I definitely, like, infuse that because of my parents and because of where they came from, and, you know, and, 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 being an immigrant or you know like that that shit's real you know and mm -hmm. hearing other people's like stories on on that is is it's it's intense and i really do just want to infuse it for uh my people you know for those people that have been through even crazier like stuff but you know i'm grateful for where i'm at you know yeah absolutely it's something that i love because i feel like on top of you know it's like you said it's like it's our show of our love for our people but also it makes it accessible to so many other people too it makes it like it broadens it makes it international you know you can people like in other nations you know whether it's mexico or el salvador can enjoy this music as well you know so we're gonna change i think like gears a little bit just talking about back as a group, you all make underground hip hop, right? And obviously, I'm a big fan. Like, I'm gonna continuously uh, be promoting like what you all do on social media because I'm just like personally a big fan of the sound. Um, I guess I'm just curious, like, why do you why do you all think like the style of like hip hop that you all make isn't like necessarily uh, in the mainstream, right? It's like underground. Like, do you think that there's anything that we all could do? Because I mean, obviously, we're you know people that are in this you know movement. We've called it right. We're trying to like popularize this music like how do you think we can do that uh, do you think there's a way to change this narrative in popular culture to make underground hip-hop maybe a little bit more mainstream i think i think it's already well on its way especially like how we were talking about the internet taking its uh its push onto it and i feel like a lot of artists are you know promoting more stuff like i'm not like a huge jack harlow fan you know but i don't dislike him you know i, I think he's like great and i've seen like his interviews and he seems like a very down-to-earth person you know and that song what's popping that was playing all over the radio like he's not like really promoting bad stuff in there i think he said i'm wearing protection and i'm drinking lots of water and i'm like i'm like that's, hey you know you you know so that you know that that's very minor but i'm like you know like it, it's just cool to hear like even if it's just like a couple lines like okay they're, they're putting something in there and he comes from like roots of like of hip-hop and you could tell like he knows he knows the culture he has the knowledge of the history and he just seems like a good person you know so i'm like you know i think that it's really it's, it's really uh starting to take into the mainstream and i think like i don't really think the mainstream is going to be a thing anymore because you see these people, like there's people that they say, oh, they're, they're TikTok artists or they're TikTok famous or they made it off of like social media or YouTube, people that are huge on YouTube. They're still, they still have crazy fan bases. You can't, you cannot like knock their impact. You can't say that they're not relevant. And especially with the age of like Spotify, people are, are blowing up on Spotify and you don't even know them on, on other social medias. 
and it, it, it's just crazy that um, now Spotify is is the mainstream, quote unquote. You know, I don't really think the you know like <laughs> there's, there's not really going to be a mainstream for much much longer, and I yeah. think that uh, it's 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 all breaking through right now. And whether it be like what we in, uh, interpret as underground, I think it's just going to be um, hip hop or the music that we think is like. And I think things are fusing so much now. Now it's like. We don't even know what the genre is, but we could hear like, oh, there's like tones of hip hop, oh, there's tones of punk, oh, there's tones of, of this, whatever it is. Now it's getting out to the ears of like millions of people, and like, is that mainstream? I don't know, but I, I'm just saying like, hey, it's here and it's taken over, and these record labels aren't going to be a thing for much longer. So, yeah, that's. That's where my, my answer on that is. The lines are definitely blurring. It's getting harder and harder to differentiate with a lot of stuff. You know, you just. People got so many different influences now with the internet. You know, everything just kind of commingles now. Exactly. You know, it's really cool to see. So moving on with with that being said, also um, kind of taking it back to you guys a little bit more personally. What are the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome so far as performers? I could say I could say sometimes we get hecklers. You know, for real. At the, at, at the block party, we had we had a heckler that was like in the front row, and he was rocking with us the whole time. And we said, "Hey, this song is for our Mexican people." And then he like yelled at us, "What about the gay people? What about the trans people?" I'm like, "Guy, we're we're on all of our sides. We're this song is just specifically about our people. And nowhere did I say that you're not included. You know, like we're, we're you know, we're all together. Like <laughs> if it's not apparent by all of our other songs that this this music is for everybody, I don't know what to tell you. You know, and I think, uh, you know, performance wise, like um, sometimes if like the uh, <laughs> the mic cuts out, I think that's that's an obstacle right there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, I think being prepared, and I think. We, we practice a, a good amount so that we could be like prepared for those so and I, I think that uh, that keeps us ready for any obstacle that comes to us when it comes to performing and I think like right now we're in the career where 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 we can actually like pick which shows that we want to get on we're getting opportunities to do many shows that we could turn them down I think that's that's one of the most blessings right there you know so yeah I think now that's become an obstacle on which shows to pick you know <laughs> yeah. like in yeah. of itself yeah so uh, there's there, there is obstacles, you know, and I think those are those are my just few ones. I think we're very blessed. So I, I don't know what do, what do you guys feel about. I think I think also trying to make it as uh, as an independent artist is very difficult. Like honestly, like we've been doing it for how many years? Like three years or? I think it's been more. Now. I think yeah, it's like four, but four like or five. fully, like we do not have a job. Like we we this is our job, you know, and. There's a lot of like obstacles, like you know. Sometimes it's like, whoa, are we gonna be able to pay the rent this time? You know, it's like always like, uh, not always, but like sometimes like on the edge, you know. And sometimes like, oh shit, like if I don't make money from the merch today, it's over, you know. Like stuff like that, that it makes it really like just you're at the edge of the cliff, and you know. It's, it could go either way, you know, and, and just, just believing that, okay, like, I, I can do this, you know, sometimes it is an obstacle and, and kind of like a barrier in your mind a little bit, but we, we surpass that and, and always are thinking, you know, like positively, but I will say that it's not like, 
you know, sunshine and rainbows, you know. Honestly, yeah. I'll like, I'm gonna piggyback on her too, cause like, I know your question was originally about like obstacles of performing, but I'm gonna just go into just being an artist. Like, I think, you know, the big pro and the con about all this is I think one of the one of them is that now that if you're an artist, you're also expected to do everything else that comes with it. Like, we are our own manager, yeah. we're our own um, videographers, photographers, yeah. we're our own content creators, we're our own editors, and then we record our stuff too. And we're barely like getting into like having other people help us with that. But I think just being expected to do so much when really the artist should just focus on making art and creating. But to get to that point, you got to do everything on your own for a while before people really see the vision. Because they're not going to see the vision until you start making it clear in front of their eyes. You know, yeah. so I think that's a big thing because I could see how it's very discouraging for people that are like making this music and nobody's listening to it. Why? Oh, because I don't put out enough content or I don't like promote myself on on social medias, and it's so it's so uh, understandable that like you see your stuff in the beginning get only a couple likes and you're seeing your streams or at whatever and that like you know, let's say it's like a hundred streams you know and that equates to like a penny you know so yeah. it's like mm -hmm. it's like I could tell it's discouraging to people so I think that is a big obstacle of being able to to really believe in yourself and um, you know like just defining on what you think making it is you know like we have grand visions because we know where we're going we believe in this and we see it you know sometimes it's hard for people especially when they don't have people that like can share the accountability with them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to like really continue that thing when you're just solo because you could get in your, your head so much, especially when you have people around you. Like, luckily, like now it's to the point where our families realize how how like real this is. But there was a while for where we had to like lie about what we were doing, you know. And now it's to the point where like it's it's very very visible and people are starting to understand that like okay this this is a job, you know and. It's a, it's a lot where you have to pay a lot of dues before you start seeing actual paychecks, but it's to the point now where people are, you know, paying us to perform, people are buying our merch, people are, are doing that, and it took it took years to get that. And some people are just going to see us, you know, overnight and be like, oh, wow, they, they blew up overnight when they didn't see the five years or yeah. <laughs> however many years it took to get to that point, you know? Right, yeah. 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 There's a saying out there, they say it, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, yeah. you know, and I think that everyone in this room could very much relate to our families not taking our passions that are our jobs serious, like, oh, that's not a real job or that's not a real profession. I think everyone here can definitely relate to that in some way or another. Doing revolutionary organizing, I think sometimes my family would have been happier if I was like, I went and studied balloon animals or whatever. Yeah. Like, because it's like, that's like, that's a little bit more vis visible. But now, like you said, over time, right, like they see, I think a shared vision, right, or like the, uh, the, the power that comes from a vision, right, like if, when you're willing to sacrifice, when you're willing to go, like, like you're all talking about like putting in the hours, like this is your job, like this is like what you're devoting your lives to, like that's contagious. People when they see that, because most people, they're selling their day to like some rich asshole for like, you know, a chance to maybe come home and watch some TV and just like, you know, get a, a snippet, like a screenshot of like, happiness or just at least comfort right but when they see somebody that are like living purposefully that are like yo like we're committed to the art to like furthering the culture people will like you know catch on to that like you're all seeing right now like people are like vibing with the like whole you know message that you're putting out there like the uh the, like honesty that like you know your music presents i just like i think that's you know i think a real takeaway that a lot of people don't get and that's why i think a lot of people look up to people like like yourself creators like people that do follow their dreams is because when they see like someone doing that everybody wants to like oh i want to i want to i wish i could do that right so i think it's really cool 
um, that, that you, you mentioned that. One of the obstacles is like being a performer, an artist, is trying to find out exactly where you 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 kind of fit in. Because as a DJ, for me, like I didn't, you know, I just got asked to perform, right? And it was like a club in like Chula Vista, and then I didn't know what I was doing. Like I enjoyed the music, making the music and stuff like that, but I wanted to find purpose. I wanted to find something that can really give me motivation, inspiration for myself, and really like. Just, just feel good about what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know. Just playing music and doing all that, it was a lot of trouble. It was a lot of, like, fights happening in, like, the clubs and stuff. That was, like, my first time, my stages, my first stage as a DJ. It was mm -hmm. a lot of fights, a lot of arguments, a lot of division. Um, so I feel like that's a big obstacle, like, trying to find out where you're, like, where you fit in or what you're supposed to do as an artist yeah. or a performer. You know, so find your footing, find your voice, where you feel comfortable yeah, at, you know. Exactly, yeah. Um, so throughout all those years, like I've had a lot of obstacles, you know. Um, always just having that question, like where do, where do I fit in? What am I doing? You know what I mean? Like yeah. until I found that, and I was like, oh, this. Is, this is <laughs> you found your be. people. I'm, yep. Yeah, man. Exactly. You know, so kind of going on in that same line, JG. You know, for all three of you guys, what advice do you have for young artists? and you know performers who want to get into the music industry you know particularly those who want to send like a positive and uplifting message to you know they're not just in it just for the sake of you know performing or getting attention you know people who want to put like conscious music out there i say like really make music for yourself what you're a fan of what you like and just really work on your uh, your confidence and your self-esteem so that way no matter what anybody says to you it doesn't matter because you know, you're already your biggest fan, you know? And it's very easy to get caught up in that self-criticism or letting other people criticize you and getting into your doubt. But I think that's like the main thing is, is really just make stuff for you, be authentic, especially if that's what you wanna do, if you wanna make a positive impact, really just be you and, and do it to the fullest. There will never be another person like you, there'll never be another person like me, you know, maybe similar, you know, but there'll never be another you for sure, you know? So, and no one's gonna have the same exact experience as you. And even if they share the same thing, not everybody will put that in a song. So I say just really just be 100% unapologetically you and just do it for the love of it. And then if it transpires into something else, just don't don't change for anybody else. Really just do it because you want to do it, anything. Yeah, so that's, that's my advice. And just know that uh, it takes a lot of work to, to do it, you know. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people get disillusioned sometimes seeing these quote-unquote overnight successes you know when they don't see all the years or like I think I could probably like write songs all day I'm very uh I'm not a um how do you say like very uh, fluent in making beats you know I know little to nothing about recording and engineering or whatever and you know I feel like that's when you need other people to help you and stuff you know so there's going to be a lot of things that go into it besides just making the good music you know that's another thing you got to understand there's so much that goes behind it and then after that if you want to get your message across you got to figure out how to market it you got to figure out how to promote it whatever because yeah there's music and there's music business and at the end of the day it goes hand in hand if you want to really make an impact and that's all i'm going to say so yeah be it but the main thing is be a hundred percent authentic absolutely anything to add uh I think he, he nailed it with that, honestly. Yeah, definitely have uh, a lot of passion and love in what yeah. you're doing, for sure. Because if you're doing something, like you're performing, you're, you're writing, or you want to make beats or something, and, and you don't love it that much, like, 
it, it's it's different, you know. Uh, but you really gotta love it and have that passion for it. Yeah. To really grow in it, you know. So for me, like DJing is like I can scratch all day long, like forever. I mm-hmm. love it because it just feels so good, you know. It feel weird so, not doing it. Exactly, exactly. So like having that feeling, that passion, that love, you know, in, in whatever you're doing as an artist, you know, is really where where I feel like it's at. Where you're really gonna grow. Absolutely beautiful words, guys. Thank you for sharing that. Definitely. And that, you know, brings us to you You telling us, like, what you can about any kind of upcoming projects. You kind of mentioned, you know, people are hitting you up. You've got a lot of opportunities. You're going to get to be kind of uh, more, um, I don't call it picky, but you get to be more deliberate with what you're choosing to do. So what are you all excited about? What do you all have lined up for the future here in 2023? You know, share that with us. Releasing an actual Neighborhood Kids project with the full band. Yeah. A lot of singles that are produced by by us, you know. I'm starting to do stuff on the flute now. So, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, I'm going to learn that. Uh, working with them, more performances, big shows. And we just released our uh, Tiny Desk submission. And, guys, I think we won it. So there's that. That's that's one of the, um, the big goals I've had. I, <laughs> random goals of mine are, like, making on Tiny Desk with them and then uh, getting a Nardwar interview. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But also having, like, a classic music because I don't, I feel like maybe I'll never be content with how much stuff I have out there, but like right now I'm like, I need to put more stuff. We're working on a bunch of stuff and we've just had obstacles of recording, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think like this year we're already getting over it. We lined up studio time, but yeah, I think you guys are going to expect projects, singles, music videos, yeah. performances, and more. And, and collaborations. And collaborations. Yeah, yeah, with, with indigenous cats. Yeah! <laughs> Friends of the show. Too is the recording with Bambula. Oh yeah, we're gonna record with uh, with an orchestra, and Ooh. that's gonna be super dope. It's actually coming up in April, so we have that going on. And she has some solo stuff that she's been working on too. That, you too. Oh, I have some solo stuff too that I've been working on, and um, you too. <laughs> yeah, JG has some solo stuff he's been working on, Ooh, and he's, all the kids got yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 And he's he's uh, he's been hit up by other people to get like some scratches in. Yeah, One of them. so that I got some DJ lessons coming in. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Can we uh, can we shout out some names for the scratches? For that you're gonna who are you gonna oh, artist? Yeah. Uh, One might be silver and gold. Um, oh yeah. And who else? Oh, Indigenous Cats. Yeah. Oh. And mm-hmm. also Jag. Shout out to Jag and Threat for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And he was just about to say it too. I, I heard him start to say it, but uh, he actually did his first DJ lesson of teaching someone how to DJ. Yeah. So, yeah. That so was that's. About a couple of weeks ago, yeah, I yeah. had to teach someone for the very first time. Yeah. And it was a great experience because um, I brought that spark back, you know? Yeah. They were, they were yeah. super excited. They're like, oh my gosh, like you taught me something that I never even knew could be created or made. Because I was teaching her how to make like live beats, mm-hmm. like sampling like a track right on the spot, you know? And then she just got mind blown and she was like, oh my gosh, like, this is incredible. So it really like sparked me too, cause I was like, wow, that's, that's cool how you can just like really enlighten somebody, you know, through your, your you know, teaching something that you know. It's, really it's cool. inspiring to inspire other people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inspire reception. Yeah. <laughs> Smith over here, yeah. Bars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, guys. So with that said, I want—I got a two-part question for you guys. Make it three. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to ask if you could have your fans remember you by uh, one thing, what would it be, and what would be your message to the fans? 
Do you guys have this knocked out? Off the... What? Say... I say just keep loving each other, work hard, take care of each other through the process of everything that you're doing, for sure. And, uh, yeah. What do you want them to remember about DJ, <laughs> like DJ uh, GG? About me? Um... Hans. Oh my god. <laughs> it's because he has some of the biggest hands ever, so you know. We see the gloves and the, and the emojis on the on Instagram. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, also, they should just catch when we were chilling with them too. So uh, Complex made this song. This is like this a remix. Joke. He was like, Hans, Hans. <laughs> and he started busting this wild flow over it. And I was like, whoa, you made a whole song? It's so funny. It was funny. I think it'll be impossible for me not to remember. <laughs> that's the takeaway. Hans, that's the episode name now. <laughs> what about you, What do you want your fans to take away uh, after listening to your music? Um, definitely just remembering, because I want Verde to represent, like, you know, nature and, like, naturaleza, you know, like, um, you know, being barefaced, like, being beautiful, like, just organically and just, like, letting, letting, you know, yourself be natural and just the, the natural beauty and, on um, you know, in humans and within the planet really you know and just taking care of the planet and and mother earth really that's that's really important right now and and yeah and and letting your inner kid just come alive always like i will preach that forever you know yeah and uh as for me i'm i'm a huge uh, a fan of like big hip-hop artists and i've always loved when uh rappers names were acronyms like you know, KRS One, knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everyone. So Amon's actually an acronym for ambition made of negativity. So all that negative energy, instead of letting it bring me down, I use it to uplift not only myself but other people. Because, you know, let's face it, negative energy is always going to be around. Hopefully, like we could eradicate it. But you know, I'm just going to say that it's going to be around no matter how it shapes, how it forms. You know, but it's up to us what we do with it. You know, you could make it, you could let it bring you down, or you could be like, let it fuel your fire. That's what I want people to take away from that. And as far as like when people like know the kids, I want them to know that, you know, we're the neighborhood kids. You guys are also the neighborhood kids and never let your inner kid die. Hell yeah, there, we go. there you go. That's right there. The mic drop. <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> I wanted to add actually, because I forgot my name is JG. And <laughs> what it stands for actually, the J stands for justice and Do the G on. stands for good. So I'm always all about justice and like the good in life, you know, just trying to always promote that and just, you know, just keep pushing for that, for justice and for good in life everywhere we go. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, love it. That's Absolutely right. love it, man. Good and justice. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, we are approaching the end of our interview, so I wanted to ask you, where can people find and follow you online to see all your work, all the latest updates for new music, shows, promotions, and any other events that you guys got going on? Because you guys got a lot of stuff on, <laughs> on the dock for 2023. Yes. <laughs> on uh, Instagram, TikTok, you can find us at The Neighborhood Kids Music, Facebook, The Neighborhood Kids, YouTube, The Neighborhood Kids, 
Spotify, The Neighborhood Kids. <laughs> and then we have TheNeighborhoodKidsMusic.com. And, uh, yeah, just... And then, personally, yeah. you're Aim on the MC. Aim on the MC. <clears throat> and Verde Hip Hop. DJ underscore JG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, do you have any closing comments or anything else you want our listeners to know about yourself or any upcoming music or any... Just drop some words of wisdom or drop some gems on our audience. Be yourself. The kids are up. The kids, the kids got something to say. Listen to the kids. The no, kids are all right, as they yeah. say. Yeah, the kids are all right. Well, with that said, Aman, Vere, JG, thank you so much for coming on the program. We appreciate you guys. We look forward to having you all on the show again real soon. Oh, yeah? yeah. And we'll, see yeah. we'll see you on the 18th. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. With that said, we out. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Well, that's our show. Once again, huge shout out to Amon Verde and DJ JG for coming on the show to talk with us. Look out for the neighborhood kids. They're going to have a brand new project coming out later this year. We're going to close out the show with one of their singles. It's called And the Kids Say. And with that said, Internets, we out. Celebrities, yeah, they got us hanging out. We're looking like.
make some strange move. Yeah, that's just the government, the government you break to. Yeah, they make the children put their hand over their heart and pledge allegiance to a country, but they'll never know they bossy. Red is for the blood that was drawn for this land. And red is for the color of the colonizer's hand. And white is for the ghosts and the souls of the natives. And white is for the people that they took over this nation. Blue is how I feel, and how I feel is sad. Knowing that the boys in blue might try to put me in a bag. These are all the colors of the flag that's in the way. Now everybody listen what the kids gotta say. And the kids say I won't do what you tell me. I won't do what you tell me. And the kids say I won't do what you tell me. I won't do what you tell me. Extra, extra, read all about it. They killing my people, but you seem to doubt it. Extra, extra, read all about it. They killing my people, but you seem to doubt it. 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 This episode of Step Off Radio is recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego. Video portions filmed and edited by Clay Scheller. And our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.